0: <laughs> Episode twenty-five of the Soco Show is live, 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 live,
1: live, 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 live. live, 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 live,
0: live. <laughs> if you don't understand that reference, go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, go fuck yourself and watch Waiter to Rumble and then fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> That's what we did when we were kids watching it.
1: You have to speak for yourself. That's gross. Also. Actually, not live at all.
0: Yeah, it's true. Pre-recorded,
1: well, <laughs> as always. <laughs> it's like pre-recorded, baby, pre-recorded. Doesn't sound as cool.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot. Like if I j- we just posted it, it's live technically. It's, yeah, live I, on it's, the internet. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's alive.
0: <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode twenty-five of the SoCo Show. I'm Seth Ott,
1: and this is your co-host Cody Michael. <laughs>
0: no, nope. Skipping over that.
1: <laughs> no, we're not leaving that in twenty seventeen.
0: <laughs> it's it gonna is, stay behind. It is, it
1: is here to stay. And, uh, well, Just like
0: all the fireworks and the the balls drop, they're all dead and gone for another year. So,
1: well, uh, I will leave my drunken hangover messiness in 2017, but we're keeping the so host. <laughs> Unfortunately, I campaigned to get a new a new so host, but nobody else has the initials S O. So, so yeah. we had to keep you along, Seth.
0: I am whatever. <laughs> somebody is here. To, somebody needs to be here to talk to you.
1: Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, it'd be a three hour show. <laughs>
0: Welcome to 2018, everyone.
1: Bing, bing, holla. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of fun stuff in the works uh, as the year kicks off and, and we get into, you know, episodes 25 through 30. So c- things are going to be kind of evolving on a constant basis. We're going to have, like Seth said, some some new things that'll be fun. So as always, make sure you're giving us feedback, uh, whether it be on the tweets, on Podknife, or however it is, you can get a hold of us. We want to make sure that uh, the new stuff we're adding is, is fun for you guys, so... Yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, same Soco channel, different Soco idiocracy.
1: We we got sick of being stupid the same way, so we decided to <laughs> find a new way to look stupid and sound stupid. The the first of which I'm very excited about this new segment, um, and I I think most weeks we're gonna kick off the show with it from now on. And this is gonna be the Iron Chic Tweet of the Week. And, I, Seth, I think a lot of folks are going to need some context around that. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you
0: tell them what's up? So the Iron Sheik, if you don't know who he is, most people don't. Um, For one, immediately right now, go to Twitter and go to at the underscore Iron Sheik and follow him because he's insane. We'll link to it in the description. If you don't want to go to him, go follow his page, though. Uh, we'll give you the the best tweet of the week. This guy is, he's a former professional wrestler. So, and he, this is from the days of when, wrestlers were able to be hit in the head with steel chairs and they did this every single night not like now where some of the guys are kind of like it's only a couple nights a week now they did it every single night and were just nuts they didn't they, there was no concussion stuff there was you could bleed everywhere It didn't matter so,
1: so like late 80s early 90s uh or even 70s, 80s, 70s 80s yeah 80s. He, he
0: actually the Iron Sheik beat Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan was on his giant run oh um so he he was the first guy to beat Hulk Hogan for the title so very cool. Yeah. Iron Sheik is nuts. So he is he's from, I think, Iran and he is he'll say just about anything. Um, All of his tweets are in all caps, too. So (laughs) that that just tells you right there that he is certifiably insane. So
1: maybe maybe there's some head injury stuff. Maybe there isn't. Uh, Who can speculate? There definitely is. Um, so yeah again go to his twitter page if you want just an endless goldmine of hilarious shit but if you don't want to follow him on twitter stick with us and we're gonna pick some of our favorites and read them to you Uh, so what do we have for this week I call you a punk
0: as we bid the farewell to 2017 I just like to tell the 2017 to go fuck yourself forever hashtag new year's eve 2017 (laughs)
1: That's a good sentiment from the Iron Sheik to, I guess, kick off the new year and say fuck 2017. There, there's a lot
0: of fucks in his tweets.
1: Yeah, he's very, all caps, very, uh, not a lot of grammar or punctuation involved, Oh, there's zero.
0: Zero grammar punctuation.
1: <laughs> so the first of many Iron Sheik tweets of the week are in the books also if you do uh follow iron chic and you want to submit one of his tweets for consideration to be the tweet of the week send it to us uh via one of our our many channels and, and we'll get it put in the show well that being said we're gonna get into the show proper we got a lot to talk about we got some news in a few areas we got some reviews uh a lot of great stuff today so let's jump into it with sports news
0: sports hey cody what's up so to start off, uh, sports news. I want to, I, I kind of want to do a little quiz here for you. Okay. So, you know Virginia Tech, the the famous school. Who who is the most famous person person you can think of? That one. That's thing. Mike Vick. Mike Vick, right? Yep. Okay. So, in school history, um, can can you name another actually famous quarterback who's playing right now?
1: I don't know their quarterback.
0: Uh, Tyrod Taylor. He's from thing. Tech. Okay. So, I mean, out of those two, what what would you say is the leading and leader in rushing? For Virginia Tech.
1: Between the two of them? Yeah. I, I mean, I would guess Mike Vick, but since you're asking... Rushing
0: it... touchdowns, yeah. Okay. So, between those two, but can you guess who number one is?
1: Like, who wore number one?
0: No, who was the number one leader in rushing touchdowns all time for a season for Virginia Tech.
1: Uh, if it's not the two of them, I don't know.
0: It's retired head coach Bruce Arians from the, from the Cardinals.
1: Bruce Arians?
0: <laughs> he was a quarterback. What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Bruce Arians, who's 315 pounds right now. <laughs> Yeah. How many rushing touchdowns did he have in a
0: season? He had 11. Mike Vick had the next closer the nine.
1: That's the most? They yeah. never had a running back?
0: Yeah. Um, it was a quarterback. It's just or, quarterbacks. Yeah, sorry.
1: Okay, but fuck. Yeah. Bruce Arians. Yeah. I can't imagine Bruce Arians running away from danger, much <laughs> less running into an end zone. That's hysterical to me. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Arians. Now I'm trying to picture him today running, and it is hilarious.
0: Especially those glasses. In my head, it's a
1: race between him and Andy Reid. And there's probably food at the other side. Yeah,
0: exactly. The the concession stand's (laughs) at the end.
1: Uh, That's funny. And that's topical because Bruce Arians, as you mentioned, uh, has officially retired from coaching. He has. Most recently, he was coaching the Arizona Cardinals, I think for about five years. Had a pretty good record. I think he's the all-time Cardinals leader in wins for a coach. So he did have some success. Uh, Not the last couple seasons, though. They've been kind of bad, but... In general, a good career for Arians, and he's getting up there in age, so good to see that.
0: He's almost 70.
1: Yeah, good to see that he's uh, kind of retiring on a, his own terms. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have fired him or not, but uh, at least uh, at least the headlines look like he's making the decision himself. Yeah,
0: it sounds like he was on the chopping block, so.
1: You know what, and this isn't something we planned on talking about, did you see that fucking Marvin Lewis got an extension Two years, it? yeah. What the hell? Mm-hmm. That's uh, I can't even Marvin Lewis. If you don't know, is coach of Cincinnati Bengals. For he like has been thirty for years. I think fifteen years. Yeah, he's the second longest tenured head coach currently mm-hmm. behind Bill Belichick. Yep, and he has barely a five hundred record.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Has made the playoffs like four times mm-hmm. and has never won a playoff game in fifteen years. Yeah, and they just re-signed him for another couple years yep. after all of the reports were that he was going to be on. He was going to be quitting. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that the stupidest thing you heard all day? <laughs> to me, it was
0: <laughs> pretty close. Other than that, Bruce Arians is the leading rusher for a quarterback in Virginia. Okay, yeah, history. it's
1: it, it's bizarre world.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, some retired players, though, got the Hall of Fame 2018 class announced today.
1: Yeah, Hall of Fame. I haven't seen this list. Um, so who are, who are some of the notables? Now these are these aren't going into the Hall of Fame necessarily.
0: Nope. They're just is, the, oh they're finalists. Sorry. Yeah, they
1: they're the eligible finalists who could be voted in. So this is kind of the last step before you're actually inducted. So who do we have?
0: Uh, The list got way bigger since I refreshed it. Um, So yeah, some of the the names and many of these are players we saw play. Um, The majority of them are. And I mean, most of them are are retired. We got to see them in their heyday. You know, some of them we've seen so far go in, like Kurt Warner. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you got to see his heyday kind of when you were growing up. But like, since we've really understood football and paid attention... We've kind of seen the the end of their careers. These are guys we've seen play at their best. So, top of the list, Ray Ray Lewis, one of the best linebackers of all he's time. In. Uh, right underneath him, probably one B is Brian Urlacher. Oh yeah, um, he's he's of course one of the best linebackers of all time. We got running back and James from he played on the Colts, Cardinals, and Seahawks for a little bit. So, um, one of my personal favorites here, Randy Moss. Couple cents of the Vikings. Uh, obviously, at his best season with the Patriots when they just went ape shit.
1: Straight cash on me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Popcorn Terrell Owens is on there, <laughs> which I know we had a debate a while back about about him being in the Hall of Fame, but he is top ten in like every receiving category, mm-hmm. which is nuts when you think about it.
1: I think he was uh, I think he was snubbed last year.
0: Yeah, it was big news. Yeah,
1: so I imagine he's probably in.
0: He now. should be. I didn't realize too that so obviously he played for the the Niners to start, then the Eagles for a couple years, and the Cowboys obviously. Um, the Bills, I vaguely remember. He also played for the Bengals for a short period of time, yeah, too. Yeah, him and Ocho. Yep. I know your personal favorite here, Isaac Bruce. Bruce! <laughs> he's, he's a finalist. Uh, we have current owner of the surging 49ers, John, or GM of the 49ers, John Lynch. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so I like John Lynch. He, he should be in. I, I, he's one of the best safeties of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dawkins, another safety from the Eagles and then the Broncos for a bit. Uh, Everson Walls I'm not super familiar with this guy he's he played his last year was 93 so
1: oh yeah
0: we wouldn't know Ty Law though he's a guy that that I remember quite a bit some linemen here uh, Tony Baselli, don't really know who he is Uh, Kevin Maui name sounds kind of familiar Kevin Mawai. Maui sorry Mawai. Joe Jacoby he played 93 his last year one of my personal favorites, Steve Hutchinson, played for the Vikings <laughs> in his heyday. He was, he was kind of the leading the, the leading force uh, behind Peterson for a little bit. Mm. So, and then Alan Fanica, um, again another guy who's pretty familiar with, with the time. So those are the modern era type guys. There's a couple of older guys like uh, Robert Brazil and Jerry Kramer, some some old guys. But
1: so out of the guys that we're familiar with, mm-hmm. who um, I think I know a couple, who are a couple that you'd say are
0: shoo-in? I think Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did he win two Super Bowls? Yeah. They won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, Erlacher, I think, eh, I don't know. That's tough. Did he, he did win the Super Bowl once, didn't he?
1: I would put Erlacher on the list Or no, of... he
0: lost, they lost that game.
1: They lost that game yeah. to Indianapolis.
0: He's kind of maybe next year.
1: I would put him as no.
0: Yeah. Maybe a next year. I think he deserves
1: on. to get in. I just don't think he's a first ballot guy.
0: I think Randy Moss.
1: Randy Moss is in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Terrell Owens. He's still kind of a C for me.
1: I think he'll get in eventually. I don't know if this is his year again.
0: Mm -hmm. What about Bruce? What do you think?
1: Yeah. So Bruce has been... He's been in... Or he's been... This isn't his first ballot. Mm -hmm. He's had at least once before, maybe twice before. Yeah. Uh, I think think he could get in this year. I think he will go in at Mm -hmm. some point. Uh, Whether or not it's this year, it's a little tough to say, especially if, like, T.O. doesn't get in. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think Bruce has quite the level of stats across the board that TO did, mm-hmm. even though he was a stud. Yeah. Uh, he was more of just like eye test. You could yeah. tell he was a freak. I, I don't know if his numbers are quite I'd have to look him up. I I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. But definitely I think uh Ray Lewis is the shoe in, mm-hmm. probably like the keynote guy mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. that'll speak last like Kurt Warner did yeah. this year. And I'm really excited to, to hear what he what his speech is. He's mm-hmm. a very uh eloquent speaker. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot of his, you know, Obviously, he was the mouthpiece for the Ravens for mm-hmm. his whole career. So, interesting to to see what he says in Canton. I think inductions are in August.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, They kick off the preseason.
1: So, speaking of Hall of Famers, uh, I want to ask you about this guy uh, because I don't know whether or not he will be a Hall of Famer. And I think I know what you know, but I want to ask John you Cena. about it. <laughs> we just found out today that uh, most recently Cardinals quarterback – Carson Palmer retired Mm -hmm. 15 seasons in the NFL uh didn't get into the playoffs but maybe once or twice Mm -hmm. but he's got crazy good numbers what do you think of Palmer do you think he's got a shot at at the the Hall of Fame at all I do not no
0: Nope. if you look at his overall record not very successful Mm -mm. um he had years where he threw just as many picks as touchdowns I mean he's he's always been a very solid quarterback but never the guy that they had him lived up to be, you know, the mm-hmm. number one overall pick, and there's tons of guys I'd put over him. Yeah. I don't think he deserves it.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this. I could maybe see it in, like, 15 or 20 years, maybe, but the the, the class around him, mm-hmm. the, the quarterbacks so that he's good. played against in his career, there's, there's probably 10 Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. and for Palmer, it just never really all worked out, mm-hmm. you know? You gotta have, a lot of luck has to happen over the course of your career for you to make the Hall of Fame. And right when he was peaking in his prime, he got two knee injuries, mm-hmm. or a knee and a shoulder, missed a couple seasons, totally threw his shit off because it was right when he was he was a stud uh, on Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That ended up getting him pushed out of Cincinnati. He half-retired then then came back to the Cardinals. A yep. couple really successful seasons, but really couldn't get deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, he's one of those guys that I wish could get in because mm-hmm. I always liked him, always liked watching him play, but... Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just don't think he's gonna end up having the the yep. numbers to to put him in. Yep. Which is a shame. Um, one of those guys that since since I've watched football seriously, he's mm-hmm. always been in the league. Mm-hmm. So having him retire is is a weird one. Yeah. It makes me feel old.
0: <laughs> well, it's a special time of year. The NFL playoffs are starting, and because it's so special, you know that we have to have a, a new guest come to the show. Legendary sports broadcaster, mostly for college football, but. We're going to use his his knowledge and expertise for the NFL playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lou Holtz.
1: Sports. With Lou Holtz. Hey there, guys. It's uh, really exciting to be part of the Showco show. Thanks for having me on as the guest (laughs) host. Uh, It's really stupendous. This is a really special day for Lou Holtz.
0: Well, Lou, thanks for coming to the show.
1: It's it's a real pleasure to be here, Seth. (laughs)
0: So I know again like I said you're you're more of a college guy but I'm sure you're a fan of the of the NFL. Who who would you say your favorite team is in the NFL?
1: Gosh. It's really hard to say. Uh I really used to like the San Diego Superchargers <laughs> but uh now that they have moved to Los Angeles, I think it's got to be the Seattle Seahawks. Their quarterback Russell Wilson is a really gifted player. What he can do while he scrambles is really really special.
0: Well that's good to know Lou. <laughs> so well, we got we got the first round of games. Uh what day the, days are those on?
1: Saturday and Sunday. It's the playoffs wild card round. Winners are gonna go to the divisional round.
0: So we'll we'll uh we'll start with the Saturday games here. Uh the first game we got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tennessee Titans. Um let's talk about some key players in the game. Who do you think is gonna stand out big?
1: Gosh, I don't really know. I think uh Alex Smith for the Kansas City Chiefs is uh, gonna have a severe impact on this ball game. The way he throws passes is uh, something to behold. For the Titans, uh, it's a little tougher. They don't have a lot of stars on the Titans. Uh, they're kind of few and far between. But I really like quarterback Marcus Mariota. He's a little more of a scrambler than Alex Smith. But uh, he, he he really knows how to score touchdowns in this league. So I think the quarterbacks are going to have the largest impact on this one.
0: So who do you got? Who do you think is going to win this game?
1: For me, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're going to have the home field advantage. Planet Arrowhead Stadium.
0: They do have the home field advantage. They, they get super Never loud worry. in there.
1: They get the highest decibels of any, <laughs> any team in the league. And I think that there's just, some more, there's just some more talented team. I don't really give the Titans much of a chance.
0: I have to agree with you, Lou. Next up, we got one that Cody's excited about. We got the, the St. Nope, sorry. The Los Angeles Rams against the Atlanta Falcons. What about, what about the uh, stars for this one, Lou?
1: Gosh, I think it's going to be for, for, the LA, for the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Where did where, they used to be? Don't
1: forget about the, the relocation from yeah. St. Louis. They had to ship all their materials. I think that what's going to be important for the Los Angeles Rams are going to be the wide receivers. I think Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and Tavon Austin are really, are really going to have a big, a, big, uh, a big impact on this offense. And don't forget about running back Todd Gurley. The defense for the Rams has been really special this season under new defensive coordinator Wade Phillips. He's really rejuvenated this defense. And uh, don't 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 slack don't slack on them, but also don't slack on the Atlanta Falcons. We've got a lot of great players over there. Julio Jones. I mean, the guy's a stud. Uh, there isn't a, there isn't a pass that this guy can't catch, and he always gets both feet in bounds. He's going to be scoring touchdowns. I don't know if the Los Angeles Rams have a secondary that can contain Julio Jones, but we're going to find out on Saturday.
0: So who do you got in this one? Who's winning it?
1: This is a tough one for a Lou Holtz. I think the Atlanta Falcons are coming off a disappointing year. I think they're going to be motivated. But give me the Los Angeles Rams. They're the young team, the hungry team. Coach Sean McVay, it's <laughs> going to have them in good spirits before kickoff. So give me the, give me the Los Angeles Rams winning this one in the Coliseum.
0: I have to agree as well. I, I, I got to I gotta say the Rams are the more, ta- more talented team in this case. So better, better all-around team, more dangerous team. Team I'm more scared as a scared of as a Vikings fan. So
1: they're really performing in all facets. Special teams, offense, defense. They can do it all.
0: So Sunday. First game to start off at noon. We got the Bills of Buffalo against the Jaguars of Jacksonville.
1: Bills and the Jaguars. Who thought you were gonna get to see a game like this? It's been twenty years since the Bills have been in the playoffs. The Jaguars have also Been on the outs for several years. The Bills, who knows? The season that they've had with a lot of coaching concerns, quarterback changes. But on the other side, you got the Jaguars. Young team, great defense. Not so much talent on offense. Not great quarterback play. But Blake Bortles is doing what he needs to do.
0: Now, there is reports that LaShawn McCoy may not be playing this game. He's a game-time decision. What do you think about it?
1: I don't think the Bills' offense can function without LaShawn McCoy. It's gonna be really tough out there if they don't have him. I hope he plays because Slady, you know they call him Slady. When he is healthy and he's in the ball game, he's got the most speed, the most elusiveness, and he can score anytime he gets the rock. So I think he's gonna have a big impact on this one for the Bills offense.
0: Yeah, he's also good in the receiving game, right?
1: It catches it all the time. Super uh, super high amount of catches in this one, a lot of screen plays, catches a lot of passes over the middle. And he knows what to do with it when he gets in space.
0: So who do you got, Lou?
1: Well, I don't think even LaShawn, Sadie, McCoy is going to make a difference in this one. I think the Bills don't deserve to be in these playoffs. I'd rather have seen the Los Angeles Chargers in this position. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: You know what? I'm going to go on a limb on this one. I'm going to take the Bills.
1: You're going to disagree with Lou Holtz? I'm going to disagree
0: with Lou Holtz. I'm going to have to. I'm sorry. I... It's not wise. It's it's not. I, I think this is a long shot, but I think the Bills, especially Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be motivated for this game. They haven't been in the playoffs since 99. The Jaguars are coming off a couple of losses. They got shellacked by the 49ers, coming off a loss this last week too. Let's go with the Bills. I'm picking the Bills.
1: Agree to disagree.
0: <laughs> Finally, we got the, the biggest matchup of the week. Two NFC uh, division rivals. What, what division are they playing in?
1: This is going to be a classic. Two teams out of the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. Here have the Saints. They get the home game. They're playing in the New Orleans Superdome, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz and Sean Payton and Drew Brees won the division championship this season. Mm-hmm. Big surprise. Not a lot of folks had them winning this many ball games, but here they are in the playoffs, going in as a four seed. Home game against the division rivals, Carolina Panthers. Panthers have some explosive players on that team. Rookie running back from Sanford, Christian McCaffrey. You have second-year wide receiver, Devin Funches. And, of course, throwing it to him, the superstar, Cam Newton. On defense, you got Julius Peppers. He gets a lot of sacks. Scares the hell out of a lot of pass throwers. But that defense isn't as tough as it used to be. And the Saints have been stopping offenses and shoving the ball down people's throats when they have it themselves. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram in that offense. I like the Saints at home in this one.
0: I agree. Uh, I, I think the, the Saints are, in, especially in the Superdome, they're unstoppable. Um, not completely unstoppable, but you get what I mean. They, uh, they're going to be tough to beat. I've, I saw it almost 10 years ago. Vikings tried to go into the Superdome and beat them. Didn't work. Uh so let, so I, I agree. I think the Saints they get a they get a home playoff victory when they haven't had in quite a while and they they take care of the Panthers.
1: NFC is tough this season though. Uh not a lot of favorites. Could be a lot of upsets. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, Lou, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um hope hope to have you on here again soon.
1: Well, again, it's it's a pleasure to be here. Call me anytime, uh and I'll 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 give my insight and my expertise.
0: All right, Lou. Well we we appreciate it. We're going to have to buy ourselves a new spit guard for our, for our microphone, but uh, we appreciate coming on, giving some notoriety to the SoCo show, and again, have you back anytime.
1: Sayonara, suckers. Well,
0: that was Lou Holtz, everyone.
1: Hey, I'm back, man. Uh, you want to make our, our playoff picks? I already did. You made your playoff picks? Yeah, with What, did you go solo on the mic?
0: No, I had Lou Holtz here. You had Lou Holtz here? Yeah, Lou Holtz. There's no way
1: you have Holtz. Lou Holtz. Superstar
0: yeah. Lou Holtz, There's no
1: way you have Lou Holtz's cell phone. Yeah. There.
0: I know, I I didn't have a... He he was over here. We we shared some pigs in a blanket.
1: Lou Holtz was in my house.
0: Yeah. I don't buy it. We shared some suckers and... You and
1: Lou Holtz shared suckers?
0: <laughs> we shared suckers and sushi. That was our dinner.
1: In my basement?
0: Yeah. We had some sake you too. You
1: spoke to... Su- to <laughs> You spoke to Lou Holtz. Yeah. Right where I'm sitting. Uh-huh. As I'm speaking to you. Yeah. I don't believe it for a you second. You should. That sounds like a dirty lie. I got showered. You got showered with saliva, I'm sure. Yeah. Have you heard the way Lou Holtz talks? Yeah. It's excessive. Uh, well, who do, you, okay, so, I guess I don't need to ask you who you picked. hmm Oh, gosh, for me, give me, give me the, give me the Chiefs. I gotta pick L.A., and then I'll take, um, oh, let's see, I'll take, I'll take Jacksonville and the Saints. Those would be my picks.
0: Wow, that, that's remarkably similar to what Lou Holtz picked.
1: Lou Holtz had the same pics as me? Yeah. Oh. Great minds. Yeah. Great minds. Well, let's slide over to... T. Te- am still pissed that I missed Lou Holtz. You should be. I really wanted to shake his hand. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. I don't know. Anyway. Television! We're into TV now. Uh, we got a couple reviews to do. Um, but before we get to those, uh, we got a little bit of news. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, one of the, I think, surprise uh, surprise hits of this year for Netflix was the Series of Unfortunate Events yeah. uh, that came out. Now, it was a, a series. Mm-hmm. but
0: Of Unfortunate Events. Of
1: Unfortunate Events and of episodes. Yeah. And they were picked back up for a second year, and it sounds like we know when that's going to be coming out.
0: Yeah, they released a teaser trailer uh, a couple days ago, and uh, included that was a release date, March 30th. So for those who enjoyed that that series, I know I, I definitely did. Um, check it out on March 30th. That would be a good springtime. I think it came out more wintertime last year i don't remember
1: when it originally dropped yeah. but i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. show
0: um, they're now into the part where the movie wasn't correct
1: i think the movie only covered like the first book
0: yeah and this one is we're into the are we into like the f-
1: they covered, third book now? they covered three or four they covered four books did they in the first movie or in the first series really um yeah because there's gonna be three i think there's gonna be three seasons mm-hmm. to cover 12 or so however many books are okay. Um, I think is the plan. Okay. Something like this, like three with four, yeah, or four I guess with three, yeah. or something along those nature. Because, they, but they're cruising through the book. Yeah. I really enjoyed the way they tell the story in mm-hmm. this because they introduce Lemony Snicket as a character, mm-hmm. and he explains to you what's going on. Also, while he's trying to figure it out. Yeah. So I, I, and then Patrick Warburton, his total like deadpan delivery of yeah. all of his lines he's kills great. me. Uh, I and the aesthetic of the show I thought was really cool. I'm I'm very very excited for season two. Me
0: too. I caught on late to it, but I really enjoyed it when I when I watched through it. We got another Netflix show coming out. This one's kind of a surprise, but I just watched the trailer today. It's got It's getting some heat uh, online, but it's a show called The End of the Fucking World.
1: Hey! <laughs> Bleep!
0: <laughs> um, which, it's a British television show, but it has a much different premise than most British television shows do. Happiness? Uh, hey, no, actually, <laughs> further down the spectrum of sadness to the point of... Depression and Mm. anger and murder. Um, This teen decides that he wants to kill someone. And he meets a girl who really likes him. And she wants to have sex with him, basically, be in a relationship with him. And he decides he's going to kill her. And the show kind of follows him deciding whether he wants to kill this girl and also be in love with her. And she they run away together, it looks like in the trailer. It looks nuts. But it it looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to check it out. It comes out, actually, Friday which is another surprise. So that'll be my next, I'm in between shows now after you'll see this next TV corner that I'll be doing, but I'm excited to start this one and and get through this.
1: Yeah. There, that's the, I, I heard about this happening because it was this big surprise, uh, release date. Mm -hmm. Apparently no one knew they were working on this. I had not yet read the synopsis for that show, but that sounds batshit insane.
0: Yeah. And it's based off a graphic novel as well. So,
1: um,
0: they got some good source material, it sounds like. So people are excited because of that having a you know source source material associated with it.
1: Could be interesting. Sounds kinda Dexter esque.
0: That's what I was thinking and while I was watching the trailer, I was like, This is kinda Dexter because mm-hmm. he, he kinda talks to himself like that His in the trailer. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That sounds right up your fucking alley. Oh yeah, you love that stuff. Yeah, Dexter, so.
0: Mr. Robot's pretty similar to that, so
1: maybe I'll wait for you to watch it and then I'll check it out. But yeah. it does sound it does sound interesting.
0: Yep, along the lines of some Netflix news, kind of one that's more speculative than anything, but it's uh, really interesting. Um, Netflix is uh, potentially going to be purchased by a company we could, kind of along the lines of the <sighs> Disney and in uh, Fox deal, but Apple is uh, apparently trying to move some funds around with this tax deal to buy Netflix um, for. Hundreds of billions of dollars. <laughs> so, we'll see.
1: Apple owning Netflix. Yeah. Would that just be it? That just be yeah. the end of it, right?
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: It'd just be uh, Apple and and then Disney would acquire Apple. Apple or Vice Apple and Google.
0: Um. And then yeah, Disney. Well, that that's the thing that like, I would hope that. Apple doesn't completely just take away Netflix from, like, Xbox, PlayStation, mm-hmm. your Samsung devices, your Google, like, Google Chromecast, things like that. That would be my worry, is that they're just, like, only on Apple TV. But then they'd be alienating 75% of the, yeah. the people that watch Netflix. So you can only watch it on Apple devices. Like, no, that's... That I don't would see be that as... That would be really dumb. Mm-hmm. So I hope they don't do that. The thing is, if, if they do that, I mean, you're going to get... One movie you're going to talk about later is Bright. You're going to have now, Netflix already has, you know, they, they have money to back these huge movies, but now they can do that on an even bigger scale. Potentially. That's true. So, so, although I don't know if I want the big budget movies. I prefer the the small indie movies and the small shows, but.
1: And that's what goes by the wayside. <clears throat> Just like we talked about with uh, the Fox deal with Disney, the concern is, will the smaller movies still get made? Mm-hmm. And that, one of the reasons I really like Netflix is they'll make the shit no one else is making. Yeah, And it ends up being great. Mm-hmm. So, and they, there's just more creative control with the actual creators, mm-hmm. as, from what I can tell on Netflix. Yep. I, I really hope this doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I like that there are multiple. I like that Netflix is kind of this maverick that can that just does what it wants and mm-hmm. the market follows. I think that if you give it to Apple, it's going to be, well, for one thing, Apple has made a business out of controlling their shit. Yeah. So that you have to have their shit and only their shit. Mm-hmm. If they, could, if they did that to Netflix, that would be horrible. Yeah. Again, I don't see that being yeah, their plan, yeah. but everything would just be homogenized in mm-hmm. the same way we talked about Disney. Uh, Netflix would lose its edge to me. So yeah. I really hope this doesn't happen. It sounds like it's still kind of a long shot. Yeah,
0: the, it's it's about 40% from happening, but that was also from a source. Um, so Forbes actually came out and kind of said, hold on, this is a far ways away from happening. It's very unlikely. The original source said it's about 40% from happening.
1: We shall see. That's going to be interesting. That's going to affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to keep an ear on that. That's That was a surprise when you told me you had that headline. Uh, yeah. Not something I thought I'd ever hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, before we get to Seth's TV Corner, we got to start with...
0: Yeah, the TV Corner will not die.
1: The, no, the TV <laughs> Corner is back for 2018. I know I know, the people at home were freaking <laughs> out, Seth.
0: Yeah, sorry. They we were freak. I got a, lot of, got a
1: lot of emails when they said we were making some changes. <laughs> and they all said, is the TV Corner coming back? Mm-hmm. I need it in 2018. <laughs> it's here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let the rumors die now. You're going to have to wait another few minutes for it, but Mm -hmm. it will be here, so stay tuned.
0: Yeah, all those emails came from SethOAWatt at gmail.com. So
1: So before we get to the corner, we got to give you the true value version, and that's Cody's TV portion of the show that is not (laughs) untitled. (laughs) And I've got two
0: shows. Cody's Untitled segment.
1: Cody's Untitled segment. There we go. So in Cody's Untitled segment today, i got two shows to talk about. Both are uh, Netflix shows. Oh, I
0: thought they were Pornhub shows.
1: That's that's another segment later. Okay. Uh, that one has a title. We'll get to that later. Yeah. The first one, I know a lot of people are watching this one. It just dropped on Friday with season four. It's Black Mirror. Black Mirror. How you do you see into it? Um. It. No. 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 It's a mirror that only works for black people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. The mirror is not black. Okay. That'd be stupid. Okay. Anyway, Black Mirror is a hugely popular show, especially in the last couple of years. It's an anthology series that specifically deals with like technology, and it's a it's kind of like a hypothetical future where certain technologies exist and then they tell you a story about them. And it the thing I like about black mirror is it's very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that they're showing a new technology, the viewer has to think to themselves, would I use this? How would I use this? How would this, would this affect my life? And that's, what I love doing with TV and movies is like, what would I do in that situation? Yeah. So I love Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. And the latest season did not disappoint. You could you could see this any review. I'm not going to tell you anything you can't see on every other review. Th- this show is fantastic. And season four is one of the best seasons. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people argue that season three is still better. I'm partial to season one because it was my inter- introduction to the show. Mm-hmm. But season four is fantastic. They have They bring up some stuff that is very, very interesting, like I said, to think about what would I do in that situation, Mm -hmm. but they also have a way of doing storytelling and world building on this show that's so different from everywhere else. Mm -hmm. A lot of shows would open with Star Wars text scrolling up your screen (laughs) saying, it's the year 2035 and this technology exists. Uh How are they going to use it? Black Mirror doesn't do that. You find out through dialogue, through details that you can spot in the background like on billboards and stuff and just through the action like you learn what something is throughout the course of an episode as you need to and that makes for a really interesting plot device because things are constantly changing in the show and they're always allowed to pivot in different ways Mm -hmm. for example the very first episode and i'm not going to spoil anything for you the very first episode is about a a guy who is the uh, chief technology officer for this gaming company. Mm -hmm. And they make a game that you can basically VR into, except it's an entire mental and physical transportation into this game. So you essentially, you put these prongs on your head and you like pass out and then you're transported into this game where you can play the game for a while and then you can leave it and go back out to your body. And it's super immersive, and it looks totally real on the inside. And it's super, super cool. And and from the outset, you're like, oh, snap. Like, if that's where gaming is going, that's amazing. Of course I want to use this thing. Mm-hmm. But then as the story unfolds, you find out more and more about, about what's going on with this game and the circumstances around how it was created and the characters that you meet in the first third of the movie evolve... Over, or the first third of the show, <laughs> I should say... Evolve over the course of this and by the end of it, it's a totally different story. Hmm. And that's the case with like two or three of these episodes is it's not always a hard plot twist when you find something out, but almost never do you finish an episode the way that it started, the way huh. that you thought it was going to go. So it's all it keeps you on the edge of your seat every single time. You never know what the plot is going to do in all of these episodes. Mm-hmm. All six of the episodes in the new season I thought were fantastic. I have a couple that I liked more than others. I think my favorite one had to deal with a dating service um, and I'll leave it at that but it's super interesting I think it's like the fourth or fifth episode um, but in all in all I would say Black Mirror if you've never watched an episode of Black Mirror pick it up and just watch any episode now ask a friend of yours what their favorite episode is and just watch that there's no order to these mm-hmm. they're not connected in any way um, you can pick any one of them up and watch it and they're anywhere between like forty-five minutes and an hour and fifteen, and each and every one of them is is fantastic. It's like watching a movie every time, hmm. and they tell a complete story. It's it's I can't say enough good things about it. Get out and watch Black Mirror if you haven't yet. You can start with season four. Just watch that. <laughs> um, but get out. Everyone should watch it. It's it's so cool and thought provoking, and it inspires debate and conversation. It's it's one of the coolest shows. One definitely one of my favorite shows that I've watched in the last couple of years.
0: Huh. So. Because I've watched a few episodes here and there. I watched. I think I watched the first one with you, and then you you just took off after that. I know some of them are kind of seem to be more in like the horror type base. Yeah. For those like who don't, I guess how how many would you say you're kind of that compared to more of just like thought provoking? Is there any like what type of genres are would you usually say?
1: They they stick mainly in the like drama slash suspense slash thriller type okay. stuff. I wouldn't say any of them go straight horror. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple that are scary, mm-hmm. but it's not for the sake of being scary. Yeah. Oh, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So some of them, yeah, some of them are definitely scarier than others. But in general, I, w- I would say they're more of the thriller type of scary than they are okay. the horror type of scary. But even those ones are thinkers. Like every single one of them is a thinker. There's none of them where it's just blind action mm-hmm. or, you know, blind sus- murder or anything like that. They right. all have deeper meaning. And it, that's what I love the most about it. Huh. So definitely check out Black Mirror as soon as you can. I'm sure you've probably seen the banner ads. I think yeah. if you open up Netflix right now, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what pops up. The other show I watched recently is, it's called She's Gotta Have It. and Which got
0: picked up for season two. Did it really? Yeah.
1: Fucking sweet. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Spoiler, I really like She's Gotta Have It. <laughs> um, it's Spike a, Lee joint? It's a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> and it's kind of a reimagining of a movie. One of his first, it was kind of his breakout movie in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And now they've done it as a series. And it's really, really cool and interesting. It, it's, um, the main character's name is Nola Darling, and she's a black woman living in Brooklyn. And she's kind of like a late 20s artist and just kind of struggling to kind of make ends meet, trying to make it as an artist. Uh, but the, the, the crux of the story is Nola and her experience with dating three men. She has... Nola has a very interesting way of looking at relationships. She um, she kind of sees them as, like, utility. Like, people exchanging needs with one another. That's her idea of, like, a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the reasons she dates three guys is because they're all very different, and they each bring her something else okay. in her life. And, like, one of the guys is super funny and goofy, one of the guys is mega sexy and great in bed, and another guy is, like, more mature and grown up. Mm-hmm. And... What's interesting about this is Nola is very upfront and honest about the fact that she's dating all these guys. They all know. Mm-hmm. And it really, to me, what I really liked about the show was it made you think about relationships differently because a lot of times, and some of what the show is going for here is this whole idea where if you're a guy and you're dating three chicks, you're a badass, mm-hmm. but if you're, dating, if you're a woman and you're dating three men... Immediately when I saw this as the premise for the show, I was like, ew, like that's gross. And uh-huh. that was just a knee-jerk reaction by me. Yeah. Obviously, that's not cool. But it calls into question that whole thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where people ask Nola, like, how can you date all these guys? And right. they say, no one asks a guy why he dates three girls. And so there's that. It's got a, very, a big female empowerment and specifically a black woman empowerment mm-hmm. um, kind of vibe to it. The whole way through but the thing that i thought was the most interesting was the way it talks about dating and relationships and sex mm-hmm. it really takes another angle nola's perspective is an interesting one to me and it caught it caused me to think about like my relationship i'm single so like the dating world that i'm in it made me rethink some of the relationships that i've had with people mm-hmm. and how i want them to be going forward so it's it's just really interesting and it's a different perspective mm-hmm. which is really cool um, again, a lot of female empowerment, a lot of black empowerment. The thing that is really cool about Spike Lee, if you haven't seen him, he's got a really interesting. You could watch a Spike movie, a Spike Lee movie, for five minutes and know it was a Spike Lee movie. Yeah, it's a lot of like s- takes straight to the camera where the person talking is speaking right at you. Yeah, it's a lot of like cutaways and like side little vignettes. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the one of the episodes that was filming around the time of the election last year uh-huh. talked about um, Trump. And America. And it was just like this five minute total aside from the story.
0: Huh.
1: Um, which at times was cool and interesting. The Trump one I didn't so much like. It was just it was too far away from Mm -hmm. the rest of the show and just seemed like too much. So occasionally some of those are distracting from the show. Yeah. But most of them I think are great. And there's theme of like gentrification is a big part of that, because Noah lives in Brooklyn, which is like the poster child for gentrification right now. So it's it's just really cool, and it gives us a perspective to a demographic that's underserved, obviously black women,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just provides some different insights into what you think you know about dating. So it really challenges some of some of your own thought, which is what I like the most about it. It's super funny. Mm-hmm. The dialogue is very witty and cool, um, and it's it's just interesting. It's really interesting.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, really heavily like, it's a lot of sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, not in a
1: dirty not gross. In, not in a gross like it's watching people fucking, but like they they talk about sex and they you see enough of it to know what's going on. They don't okay. shy away from it, which is one thing I liked.
0: Okay. So it is a current it takes place in current times and everything.
1: Yeah, it's taking place over 2016. Okay. whenever they were filming it. Yeah,
0: it seems like a lot of Spike Lee stuff is older. <laughs> so like I always get that picture of like 90s, 80s stuff in my head. So.
1: Yeah, his his sort of um top shit was late 80s early yeah. 90s. And, again, this is this is a reimagining of an 80s movie.
0: Have you seen that movie?
1: I haven't. I have it on my list to watch now. Mm-hmm. From what I hear, it's a lot of the same stuff. Because even in the late 80s, black women were trying to get recognized yeah. and understood. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of the same stuff still translates. Yeah,
0: which which is funny because it, it shows kind of where we're at. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Not, not much has changed <laughs> yeah. not in that front. So, But it introduces things like technology and mm-hmm. um, the gentrification is a new
0: thing. Did he write all of this? Did he direct all this? He
1: had help writing it.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the, I can't think of the guy's name but the, the writer he, he co-wrote it with is like a super big award winning mm-hmm. writer and so that helps and the writing in this I thought was really good okay. there's occasionally there's some cheesy lines occasionally the plot moves kind of quickly uh-huh. and conveniently but it always advances to a point where it's there's a big idea okay. and that's it, the thing I like about this one of the things is it's, it's a lot of big ideas and a lot of thought just like Black Mirror like I talked about mm-hmm. it's thought-provoking and okay. it, it inspires conversation and things like that so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of twists in this there's not a, nobody gets shot there's not a lot of different yeah. p- crazy plot points or anything like that but it's more of like a talking movie
0: okay. or sh- Show. series
1: yeah um, it's something like Dozen episodes, mm-hmm. something like that. Half hour, hour. Half hour. Yeah, half hour. Very easily digestible. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. I okay. like it a lot. I'd recommend it to folks. I've talked about this at length. I I'm very uh, much a big fan of of movies that star black folks because you it's a different perspective, mm-hmm. automatically. Um, but yeah. even if you're not, even if you don't identify with the black experience, it's it's it would be interesting to anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think it's not so ingrained in that mode all the time that it would be uncool for someone else to watch. Um, but specifically, if you're into stuff like that and you can relate to to her experience, if you're a woman or if you're black, definitely check it out. But mm-hmm. anyone who's interested in a different perspective, specifically on dating, was mm-hmm. what I noticed the most about it, should check it out. Super cool. I recommend it to everyone. Well, those are my two reviews. Enough of my shitty segment. We <laughs> got to get the people what they want, okay? <laughs> and that's one of our resolutions in 2018 is to give the people what they want. Exactly. And what the people want right now is Cess TV Corner. boot
0: Vote. <laughs> That's in my TV corner.
1: What do you got for us this week, guy?
0: All right, so this one is uh, kind of—it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about with uh, with she's got to have it. It's 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 a show kind of about female empowerment, not not a black woman. It's a white woman in this case, but it's a show that I was completely off the radar from. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, so and I haven't watched a show on Prime since Sneaky Pete, <laughs> which was this summer. So I'm finally getting used out of that service. I know the Golden Globes came out. And I think I even said that um, we did the Golden Globe nominations and we went through them. And I think this show was nominated for best comedy and as, as well as the actress Ra- Rachel Brosnahan. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is the show. And I think I even said it as like, I have no clue what this show is. And over the last few weeks, I've heard a lot of people talking about it on various review sites and, and saying how much they love it. And I was done with shows and, and I decided to, to turn it on when, when you open up the the app, but it's 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 uh, advertised pretty pretty heavily on Amazon Prime. It's not a show that catches your eye. It's a show like the the text and the cover all look very fifty. So it catches your eye in a way of like I was I would have never watched this if I hadn't heard anything good about it. It just looks kind of bland on the on the, on the, on the cover, but the show is far from that. So I'll talk a little bit about it. Um Rachel Brosnan, as I said, is is the star. She is most most people would know her if you watch House of Cards. She was the, the hooker <laughs> named Rachel that uh, Doug Stamper loves. Rachel! <laughs> exactly. She plays Midge Maisel, who is the star. She is basically a housewife in the 1950s, where this all takes place in New York, um, who tries her hand at stand-up comedy after her husband leaves her. Uh, so this is kind of all happened in the first episodes. And there'll be no spoilers for this. I don't, I don't want to spoil any of this because the show there's not like a huge plot turn, twist or anything like that but it's definitely a show you want to watch as it unfolds and, and not have anything spoiled for you but she just kind of gets up there. She's You can tell from the beginning that she's a very quick-witted person. She's very smart and funny but the point that gets her to, to do the stand actual stand-up is, is pretty great. So the show itself being about stand-up comedy is really funny. Um, I there was the same writer for all the episodes and I couldn't, didn't really recognize the name, but whoever wrote us wrote this is, is has had their hand in standup comedy comedy. And she's, she's very funny. The standup is performed very well for a show that is focused on standup. It, it's kind of hard to catch that, that standup vibe and, and, and get the timing right for, for those shows sometimes. And like uh, that show I'm dying up here mm-hmm. on, on Showtime was not reviewed well at all. And this show I'm, um, the opposite hand is reviewed very well, and they do, this, they do the stand-up perfectly. It's, it's really good. Um, it, it has a really good grasp on what amateur comedy really feels like. We were talking kind of off-air about that, uh, something you've done. We've both been around that, that environment. You've done the, the amateur comedy. We both kind of you know have been around amateur comedy and, and people struggling to try and, and do more shows and, and write and things like that. It's very, very true to that amateur comedy startup-type feel. Um, it's really interesting. I've always thought that just being around it's really interesting. And then the show kind of, it, it does it on a bigger scale. So it's, it's very cool. Um, the one, the one thing I noticed in that, in that regards is that like a lot, when we've been around those type, that those type of people, a lot of the comedians have like people they look up to. And there's a couple scenes in this, especially that have that, how people, when they see someone or around someone that they look up to, how they react and how they how they admire those people, and it, it's really interesting to to see that, and it, it catches that that perfectly. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, as, as I mentioned, she the star. She is outstanding in this. She is nominated for a Golden Globe. I hope she's nominated for an Emmy come Emmy season next year. Uh, she for not being a comic. She, she she's done interviews and, and mentioned she's not a comic. She's never done stand up in her entire life. She was nervous to do it when she when she did the show. Um, which, if you think about it, being a an actor who has to get in front of people not only like to do stand-up but the people in the crowd have to act towards what she says like that that's a whole nother level because mm-hmm. like the, if she's not funny they have to like act and not and and be not genuine about it like it, it helps that the stuff she's talking about is very funny but it, that's just a whole nother level of like that would be nerve-wracking uh, which is really cool but her delivery and stage presence is perfect it's so good it's 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 better than most comedians currently <laughs> like Again, we've been around that that scene before hurt like if they could have that type of stage presence and delivery that she has it's perfect and, and there's even parts in the show where they talk about like designing her stage presence and and like crafting the perfect delivery that that's really cool it, it goes pretty deep into how a stand-up has to act which is which is really cool um, when she's when she's killing it like when she she's doing really well and the way the crowd reacts and the, the way she reacts to the crowd it's so good it, it's really good and then when she's bombing, like you can see just on her face, like how sometimes how she doesn't recognize that she's bombing when she's starting off, but then when she does bomb and she knows it, like how, how it crushes her and how that feeling is. Oh, it's so good. The supporting cast in this, there's not a whole ton of other stars. Uh, Tony Shaloub is, is uh, who played Monk, Monk on USA. Um, he, he's, he plays her, her father. Uh, Kevin Pollack, he's kind of a lesser known actor. Um he's been in some things, but he he also plays a supporting role as the father of her husband that left her they're They're good in their roles they they play two like older Jewish men who kind of have those those mannerisms, especially in the fifties um coming off of World War two and things like that so that's pretty interesting they they're very funny when when they're on screen and just how they how they act but um the supporting cast is it is pretty well sometimes the acting can be a little bit over the top like her husband in the show. Hasn't been in a whole ton of stuff from what I saw in IMDb, but he can be a little over the top sometimes when things are happening between further relationship. Um, it's the 50s, so there's a lot of over the top type of stuff going on. Um, but sometimes it was just a little bit too much. It took me out of it a couple times. But uh, other than in terms of the, like the storylines outside of the comedy portion, because there's her life. Maisel's life and then also the comedy which do interact sometimes but for the most part for the majority of the series they're separate um, when it's outside of her life I was a little less interested um, but when it got to the comedy part that's when I was super into it when she was on stage or getting ready like going doing some scouting and things like that that was when it was, a be- it was the best part of the show um, she had a she has like a manager named, named Susie she's played by Alex Borstein, who is the voice of Lois Griffin on Family Guy, she's been in some other stuff.
1: Mad TV, right? For yeah, Mad time. TV as she's well. Great.
0: Yeah, she's very funny. Um, they're both that when those two are together and they're doing the whole comedy thing, that's when the show is at its absolute best and it's hilarious and it's super engrossing. Other times though when it's just Brosnahan and like maybe Shaloub or some of the other, you know, like outside storylines, it's not as good. It's still it's still good, but it's not as engrossing when the comedy's on there. Um, I kind of just find myself being more locked in with the comedy. Overall, the show is definitely deservative of, of the Golden Globes nominations that, it, that it's getting. Even though I hate the Golden Globes, um, it's it definitely it of, of those nominations. And I hope that uh, at least Brosnahan gets some recognition for that because her performance being having to switch even from the comedy portion, because there's a definite difference when she's on stage compared to her real life and them going back and forth. It, there's a huge difference and she does a really good job. Her range is, is very good in the show. Overall performances are, are, are pretty good, other than a few over the top things. Uh, I think that this is a show that, again, because it, it it does talk about, in the especially in the fifties, women weren't allowed to really even do this stuff. In, in the show, like she's she's arrested for saying swear words, like, and people were not only just her, but people in general were arrested for doing this on stage. Damn. That you couldn't swear on stage. So there's there's speech involved. There's just she talks about how women are in their roles you know they they were housewives who just took care of the kids and clean and things like that and she was doing something different she took different jobs and and how she talks about how people how women need to branch out and so there there's a there's a lot of women empowerment like kind of like and she's got to have it so i really enjoyed those parts as well there's there's actually some interesting parts that there's one storyline i like where she took a took a job at like a, a makeup store which again that's you know that that's kind of going along the lines but that that was of of women not being in power you know empowered but she she takes it and runs with it and and flips it on its head which is done in a different way that that does give empowerment to it so definitely recommend this for anyone there's i mean it's it's very very funny there's a few instances of of some language and topics subject matter that not everyone can maybe get along to but overall it's 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 a really good show I loved it I watched it in three days um it's it's super funny acted pretty well um, it's something that that with the way that TV's going right now with how different topics different stars are are being featured it's something that I think everyone should watch so very good
1: I think the this is we talked a little bit about this before we got on the mic here I am really excited to watch this I, I haven't yet but like you said, I've done the kind of amateur stand-up thing in the past, <laughs> and that whole world is so interesting. Yeah, it's different. It's super different. It's so different, and if they can capture any of that, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, and uh, one of the th- I'm definitely excited to check it out. Um, I was, it's it's funny because most I like four out of five movies that feature stand-up, it it's not the stand-up isn't. Great. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so would you it sounds to me, tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that the stand up in this is actually funny. Oh, stand-up. it's
0: very funny. So
1: if you like if you went to her show, you would think it was Oh god,
0: stuff. yeah. It's it's because it's so I think what also and I thought about this while watching it you put yourself in the situation of someone going someone going to see nineteen fifty stand up and how it's very like cookie cutter, there's not swearing, there's not sex talked about and she, like, from the first episode, so the first episode, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is fine. And then, you know, kind of the big thing happens with her, her and her husband splitting up. And she just gets on stage and starts talking about what happened. And, and you you see how that's kind of what comedy is now, but that's not how it was back then. Mm-hmm. You know, her talking about how shitty her life is and talks about, like, her sex life and making jokes about that. And it's like, Instead of judging comedy and how it is now, you judge it how it was back then, and how it's... Like, people at the show would be like, holy shit, that's <laughs> shocking, and that's hilarious, because she's talking about real life. Um, there's a part where they talk about what type of comedy she does, and there she, she cr- almost creates a, a comedy, a type of comedy that wasn't done. A lot of people are doing, like, punchlines and making observations, but she was just going off the dome. Mm-hmm. And talking about just real-life situations, and that was really interesting, and, and that's what made it really funny by putting yourself in that situation. So it's cool. It's, it's, it's really funny.
1: I'm excited to watch this. I, yeah, the whole idea, like you said, of, of it's the first time that people are seeing this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people forget that. Like yep. if, if a movie is set in the past and something happens, you know, like the help. Yeah. Um. Everyone's like, "Oh, she, you know, her boss is a bitch to her. She should just tell her to fuck off." Mm-hmm. Well, you couldn't have done that. Yep. At the time. Yeah. So having to be able to trans time travel yourself and yeah. put yourself in the shoes of that audience is cool. So, I... do you think that the when you're watching a scene that's on stage when mm. she's on stage, mm-hmm. are you watching it? Is it easier to watch it as like I'm an audience member watching her do stand up, or are you like rooting for her to like do well? You know what I mean? Because those are kind of two different yeah. scenes, right?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think it's both, honestly. Because, like, because I guess at, at first, when I first started the show, because, so, like, watching the, like I said, watching the first episode, I was kind of watching along. And then when she got up on stage, I was like, holy shit, this is really funny and this is good. And that's what kept me going. And then I started to really like her character more and and get in get invested in her character and as the show goes on and you see her kind of behind the scenes and grow as a character and grow as a person just being on her own that's when you start to root for her more Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a growing process but that that first episode happened and it ends with that stand-up and I was like shit this is good I gotta keep watching this and Mm -hmm. that's what kept me going and then that's when they started to build her character more and that's when i was super into it and, and engrossed from the from the beginning
1: that's cool mm-hmm. it's really weird to think about like this pairing. Is, is it a book or a true story or a... it,
0: no it's it's not it's totally original yeah from what i understand yeah that's
1: such an interesting pairing like stand-up yeah. comedy and female empowerment yeah. have not generally gone yeah. together <laughs> so i this is cool i'm really really excited to check this
0: one yeah out, i sure. love it it's it's it's, definitely, it's one of my favorite shows from this year. I mean, it definitely has some some flaws here and there. There's some storylines, like I said, where that weren't some of my favorite and some of the decisions they, they make with her as a character. Um, some of the things she also says aren't the most PC um, at times, but overall the show is is done very well. Her character especially is one of my favorite in a long time, um, and it's, it's super fucking funny. So, yeah, definitely check it out.
1: Well, there you have it. Seth recommends the Marvelous Midge Maisel
0: Marvelous Mrs. Maisel
1: Marvelous I can't look. Marvelous Mrs. <laughs> Lou Holtz get out of here
0: <laughs> Lou Holtz recommends
1: <laughs> Lou Holtz recommends Marvelous Mrs. Maisel <laughs> catch it on Amazon Prime how many episodes <laughs> a,
0: there is there is there's a. eight episodes eight episodes about an hour apiece there you go so it's not too long
1: someone get Lou Holtz out of our studio we got we got some movies to talk about <laughs> Movies. Alright, just a couple just a couple things in movies. I watched a couple Netflix originals over the weekend. One, I'm gonna be very brief about it's Dave Chappelle's new stand-up. This is more of just a plug. Go check out Dave Chappelle's stand up. There's there's two it's two hours worth, two different nights. Okay. Um, as a special. And he just has this really interesting he's not he, Dave is not at all anymore that like, gotcha bitch, I'm Rick James. It's not that kind of stand-up. It's very real and honest and he tells some stories about what stand up has done for him and some of his experiences it's it's just way more genuine than anything you've seen from Dave Chappelle in the past he's he's it's like he's a different person almost hmm. it's not over the top it's not crazy it's just it's interesting huh. and i never thought i would say that dave chappelle was interesting <laughs> but he's got a lot of intre- he's got a lot of good stuff to say that was pretty cool so definitely check out if you're into stand up whatsoever check out the dave chappelle specials i think it's called Ignominity. something ignominity. Hmm. On there, you'll see it. I'm sure there's banner ads yeah, for it all it's over, been all, all yeah, over, all over Netflix. But that's out now. Check out, uh, check out both Dave Chappelle specials. I liked them a lot. I watched them last night. The other, the other, it's a movie that I watched, and this has been everyone is talking about it lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Bright, Netflix original movie, stars Will Smith and Joel Edgerton, and this is Netflix's attempt at this sort of big budget, the type of movie you'd see in July, a big blockbuster mm-hmm. type movie, but it's on Netflix and a lot of people have been speculating like what's how is this going to work what's going to happen what's how are they going to make money off of this mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing and in general there's sort of a split in people there's the critics who have not enjoyed this movie and then there's the viewers who have enjoyed it and i'll give you a little this is spoiler free obviously and just a little bit of my take on the movie i totally understand where that divide comes from i personally i liked bright I enjoyed it. It was uh, you know, it was two hours of movie. It, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. I do see the arguments that some of the critics are making. There are some flaws to this movie. The general idea of the movie is Will Smith is a cop in a world that's an alternate reality where there are such things as elves, dwarves, sprites, orcs, all this fantasy shit that from Lord of the Rings is real. And they all coexist in the world. Okay. And they're kind of it's kind of this metaphor for racists or for races. Okay. So for example, you have the humans and they're just kind of normal. And then you have the elves and they're the really rich, uh, stylish
0: people, white people.
1: Well, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. That's, yeah. that's the funny thing. Okay. About it. it depends on who you ask because some people say that the elves are Jews
0: Oh. Okay. because they kind of
1: run business. Okay. They are big in business. Um, I think most people would say that the humans are just white people which is a fucking problem Yeah. if you're going to make a movie about racism don't make the white people humans right duh the black people are represented by orcs yeah Uh, really though I think it's more of a mix between uh, black people and like Hispanics okay so it's just kind of brown people or orcs the sort I was of just trying to guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't actually mean that.
1: No, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's weird. And that's it's 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 weird that that's the choice that they made. Yeah. And it's written by a guy named Max Landis, who
0: Oh, he's familiar.
1: Yeah, he's he's written a couple of things. Some have been good, some have been bad. Um
0: What did did he write Suicide Squad?
1: No. David a- Ah, David Ayer was the director of Suicide Squad. Did he direct this? And he directed this. Yeah, that's what it was. That's, that's what you're
0: yeah. Okay. So Oof. those two
1: guys now, David Ayer's done some good stuff. He's done some shitty stuff. I, I think his direction in this movie was like squarely okay. Okay. Because there's some problems, like I said, and there's some good things. Now, the, the plot again, you have all these different races, and there is a couple other things. Will Smith's partner on the Force is an orc. He's played by Joel Edgerton with some fantastic makeup work mm-hmm. done. It's, he's just, he's wearing makeup, there's no CG and Joel Edgerton plays this orc. he's the first orc to ever be a cop and so he has to deal with a lot of things like the orcs hate him because he's a cop Mm -hmm. and the cops hate him because he's an orc this is why it's pretty obvious that he's a black (laughs) and so there's a scene in the beginning of this where Will Smith ends up getting shot on the street Mm -hmm. and it's an orc who shoots him and then Nick who is the orc Joel Edgerton Mm -hmm. is unable to to get the guy he escapes and so a lot of the cops are thinking that he let him go because he's an orc, mm-hmm. and he's he's down with his he's down with the orcs instead of being a cop first. And so there's some mistrust between Will Smith and Nick, and there's some mistrust between Nick and the rest of the cops. So he has no he's got no country. There's the orcs hate him and the cops hate him. So he's got no he's got nobody. So I really liked Nick as a character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's he's kind of like uh, goofy. He's very like innocent. He's he's just a nice guy. He's very about the rules. He just wants to be a good cop. That's right. all he wants. So he's he's I think a likable character. He's one of the driving forces. Will Smith is just kind of this kind of old tired cop. He he just really just wants to come and get his he just get wants to get his nine paycheck and not get shot. It's a 9 to 5. Yeah. He's trying to make it to his pension. So there's kind of a rubbing point. There's a difference between them. The big driving point of the movie is magic. Okay. There is... I won't get the into gathering? the details. Yeah, Magic the Gathering. They play a lot of cards. <laughs> now, there's a... They they it throughout the movie about what happened, but essentially, magic is real in this world, and the ultimate item to have is a magic wand. So, they're they're not common. Not, What's the like, core
0: of this magic wand made of? The core of it? <laughs> is it? Is it phoenix feather and oak?
1: It's whatever one Voldemort had, because <laughs> wands are not cool. Wands are... If you lived in, like, the 1200s and you had a shotgun, like, that's what a wand is in this. Like, it's it's super, like, crazy powerful. Yeah. The trick, though, with wands is you can only handle a magic wand if you're what's referred to as a bright. Okay. Hence the, ah. the name of the movie. So, to be a bright, most brights are elves. And I think that's part of the reason why they're rich. Yeah. Some of them are magic. So, most brights are elves. Humans, it's like one in a million humans is a bright.
0: Okay. It's like Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. And orcs, like, no orcs are brights. Yeah. So, what happens, the only way to find out whether or not you are a bright is to pick up a magic wand. Mm. If you pick up a magic wand, it will either kill you or it will be magical. So, it's one or the other.
0: It's like the deadliest version of Thor's hammer.
1: It's like playing Russian roulette, except you get to keep the gun if you win. And so that's an interesting plot point what happens in the movie they go to a crime scene Will Smith and Nick the Orc go to a crime scene and there's a magic wand okay and so it's about what happens after it's essentially ah. they get possession of the wand and they're trying to find out what to do with it they don't know who to trust because some of the cops are dirty mm-hmm. they don't know they don't they don't know who to trust and they're trying to make their way across the city and everyone wants the wand the gangsters want the wand the dirty cops want the wand. It's, it's So it's kind of a big chase through L.A. Okay. There's some really cool action in this. Okay. There are a couple of really interesting plot twists in it. What I think it's lacking is, like, connection. Mm-hmm. So between there's, like, a cool scene followed by another cool scene, but without really a connector. Yeah. And so it's really just a collection of cool scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think the main criticism is of this, is there's some continuity errors, the plot moves pretty quickly. There's not a ton of character development. And so I think that from a filmmaking standpoint, it's not it's not fully fleshed out in the way it could be. Okay. But I think the plot and the characters and some of the action scenes in this were what was fun for me to watch. Okay. So again, it's the kind of thing where if you're a regular everyday person, I think you'll like this. Mm-hmm. If you're a nitpicker and a more of a critic, you probably will poke a lot of holes in it. Okay. So whether or not I recommend it really depends on your taste. If yeah. you're the kind of person that's going to be looking for all of the different... All of the different holes you can poke in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have fun poking holes in it. Maybe that's how you'll enjoy the movie. But I think most people would like it. Yeah. So if you see some of the some of the critics reviews saying that it's like some are saying it's like the worst movie of 2017, that is yeah, fucking that. crazy. It's, There's, that, it's not even close. Yeah. It's not that bad. I liked it. Mm-hmm. So again, I give it a recommendation for like the average typical movie fan who just wants to be entertained for two hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's not going to be studied in any film film schools anytime soon though
0: um, you mentioned what What are the different types of uh, creatures in this
1: there's humans orcs elves and then like I think sp- oh fairies Okay. fairies are the other ones and then there are others but you don't see them
0: what was the other one you said though you, didn't you say like
1: elves orcs I said sprites Sprite. earlier but I don't think you see any okay. sprites
0: are there any 7 ups in this one
1: <laughs> all that <laughs> all that for you've been waiting how long have I been talking you've been waiting that whole time <laughs> yeah. for like a joke? oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> this is why I'm on the lookout for a new set of list
0: Yeah. This sounds to me like this movie sounds to me like the world is more interesting than the actual movie itself.
1: Exactly it is.
0: Cuz like it with you describing it, it reminds me a lot of I read the Artemis File books mm-hmm. when I was a kid. It reminds me a lot of that where there's this whole system that's already been set up and there's this whole underworld and like there's different there's like a class and and you know different different system that's already set up and and that science seems more interesting to me than the story the whole one thing is pretty interesting to me like if to me it sounds like there's a whole world they can explore here again this would be better as a show
1: uh-huh.
0: you know, we talked about this before like stuff like this would be better as a show than it would be like kind of downsizing how that would be yep. better as a show focusing on the whole world itself, as opposed to Will Smith and, and Joel Edgerton just mm-hmm. being these two characters in this.
1: I totally, 100% agree with that, because what I enjoy the most about this is the world that it creates mm-hmm. and the questions that it brings up. hmm They do—this has already been greenlit for a sequel. hmm And they have plans—Max Max Landis, of course, has mm-hmm. very ambitious plans of, of several films. A franchise. Yeah. yeah. We'll see mm-hmm. whether or not that happens. I think if this movie was released in theaters mm-hmm. I don't think it would do well enough no. to get a bunch of sequels,
0: yeah, I think it's kind of like it would it reminds me of like a Valerian a valerian uh, and it's different. they're different movies, but like how Valerian had been planned to be this huge thing, and it would have bombed mm-hmm. and now it's not going to have anything, yeah. you know um, I think that
1: would have been its fate had it been in theaters, but yeah. I like it for a Netflix movie
0: the other thing too like partially so it it has a lot of a lot of similarities in just the the whole race thing and the cop thing too and i didn't we talked about this kind of off air but you talking about the movie itself because we hadn't talked about the movie itself it's like zootopia um it's exactly like- because the the female fox is the cop and people look down on her for trying to be a cop rabbit or was it a rabbit yeah that she's a fox. she's a
1: rabbit she's the first yeah, rabbit cop. Right, and right. they all think she's a pansy because yep. she's small but yep. the fox yep, uh the foxes are black people yeah. in that one. Yeah. Well, uh, the foxes and the rest of the predators. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it, it's, it's, <laughs> he, he took Zootopia, put orcs in it, and then just added this whole thing about wands killing people. And Will Smith. And Will Smith, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... Here comes the man in black. Mm. mm. Galaxy defenders. Mm, mm, mm,
0: mm. Also, men in black is fucking great. I love men I black. love that shit, that movie.
1: That does remind me, though, something I think that's going to surprise a lot of people, Will Smith's character not super likable yeah he uh, this is, I think the first time I've seen him play someone who I didn't like well, now he, he like portrayal. Hedge. I liked his portrayal of him yeah but he redeems
0: yeah kind of
1: I like his portrayal I like his acting is, is good in mm-hmm. it but his character is not someone I liked yeah you know so that was a little different seeing Will Smith do that I thought he did it well though good. it was pretty good I definitely I know um, he
0: got paid an ass load of money, of money to, to do it, this movie but uh and then he he actually is kind of spearheading the sequel like he signed on he? immediately and he's he's backing this movie. So it's gonna be I mean, the Smith the Smith clan right now aren't doing the most creative things. Mm-hmm. But oh well.
1: Yeah, when you can pick and choose, uh, it might as well be something you're going to have some some mm-hmm. amount of control over, but I think that really it's Joel Edgerton's Orc that is the 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 one you can empathize mm-hmm. with and you're you're going to be carried through the story by him, mm-hmm. not Will Smith. Okay. Which is again different. Yeah. Usually Will Smith is you in the movie. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, it's it's got its pros, it's got its cons. I like it just fine. I think it's cool. I'd recommend it, like I said, to most people. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what they do with any sequels. Because there's a huge world that they allude to a lot of different things in. There's a huge world here to be explored. Yeah. And I'm glad that because it's on Netflix, they're going to have a chance to do that. Which I'm excited to see. I'll check out any sequels that they bring out.
0: Okay. Kind of off topic. But in a world of all these reboots that are coming out. Like, we never talked about The Office on air. Uh, the Office reboot. or oh, the, yeah. Not reboot, but... Uh, Revival. Revival coming out. When when are we getting a Fresh Prince revival?
1: Yeah, there should be a Fresh
0: Prince revival. Right, I know it fucking... could be the Fresh King. <laughs> I know that uh, Uncle Phil's dead, mm-hmm. but and this is true because it's not like Billy D, like he's actually dead. <laughs> um, but everyone else is alive. Is, is Viv still alive? I bet Aunt Viv's still alive.
1: One of them should be. There's two.
0: Yeah, I think Aunt, I think Aunt Viv is Viv still alive. But Carlton's still alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, we got to have a Fresh Prince revival. At yeah, least yeah. a reunion. Do a reunion show.
1: There you have it everybody out there, uh, get on your Twitters and hashtag...
0: Hashtag RIPBillyD.
1: Hashtag RIPBillyD and <laughs> hashtag bring back Fresh prints please.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's a long hashtag.
1: It is a long hashtag, but long hashtags get attention. No,
0: or they don't. they don't.
1: I don't know. Maybe no. it's a lot of too long. Hashtag,
0: I mean. <laughs> what's a uh, hashtag? Uh...
1: BBFPP? No,
0: what, what was uh Bill, Bill meet science? <laughs> hashtag Bill.
1: Oh, Bill Science meet Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, we can do a, a, a co uh so uh, a a co tv corner for for Bill Nye.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we should. Let's do a very brief uh, a joint tv review.
0: Yeah.
1: Of Bill Nye saves the world. Yeah. This is season 2 part 1. one. The first 6 episodes, uh, presumably the first half
0: yeah. of season 2. Do we ever talk about what we did for season 1 on on air? No, but
1: I'll let you tell. Them.
0: So uh Bill Nye saves the world, if you haven't watched this show, I think anyone who's who watched, who listens to the show, Grew up around the same time we did, and knows who Bill Nye is, and and watched the Bill Nye Bill Nye the Science Guy TV show on PBS. Well, Bill Nye, if you didn't know, has a Netflix show now called Bill Nye Saves the World. And when it came out, it would have been like last March, April ish time last spring. We uh, we knew about it, and one day we, for whatever reason, it was a Sunday though no football on, we had nothing to do. We decided to go to the grocery store, and we saw a bunch of fucking IPAs that we. I never drank before like oh let's just get drunk today let's do that so we, we came back and we're like oh what do we do while we get drunk and we scrolled through netflix and bill nye saves the world it's like the third thing we saw so we threw that on and we binge drank bill nye saves the world well well we binged the show while binge drinking and we got fucking drunk Ooh. while watching bill nye saves the world even so much so that we tweeted to him and tweeted i think i tweeted to you him. did that yeah i, I was drunk so. yeah you were <laughs> So now that's kind of like our, that's our thing is we we uh, indulge our our favorite favorite uh, substance. <laughs> I mine was mine was booze.
1: There were some changes in twenty eighteen for <laughs> for Cody watching Bill Nye, uh, but it 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 Bill Nye so Bill Nye saves the world. Uh, it's just like Bill Nye the Science Guy. There's a there's a single topic each week. Yeah. Nowadays each nowadays it's yeah, not each a week. Topic, each, topic, each, yeah. each thirty minutes <laughs> they put them all out at once. <laughs> Now it is that there, it's a lot more topical. Yeah, uh, it's things right now like global warming. There was like super bugs.
0: Mm-hmm. marijuana, uh, <laughs>
1: marijuana use. That was very topical. <laughs> and um, for Cody, and uh, it, it's 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 very now. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the cool things. They just dive into a subject. They talk about a little science. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really fun segments. Yeah. on Bill Nye, one of them is uh, Bill Nye takes a minute. <laughs> so he'll he'll get like all worked up and he'll be like, I need a minute. And then he'll walk away from the screen, and and it'll change angles, and he'll rant yeah. at the camera.
0: And Tyler, the creator, is yelling at him.
1: <laughs> so Tyler, the creator, does all the music for the show, which is weird.
0: Yeah, because like they, they, they do a mix-up of the original song. So they do the, Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> and then it's like, Bill Nye saves the world, saves, saves the, the world. world. <laughs> and he does like this this jump at the end, which we do while we watch the show. <laughs>
1: It's this, he jumps up in the air, and then he whips around. He's facing away from the camera. He jumps up in the air, and then he whips around and looks at the camera. And that became our signature dance move. <laughs> about two-thirds of the way through our original season one, Binge and Binge, um, which was really fun. Yeah. Because our, our roommate, Matt, came in, and we were about episode nine. And uh, he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah,
0: we were drunk as hell and uh, started dancing. And singing Bill Nye's theme song. And then learning about climate change. So. That was a
1: great thing. So Bill Nye Saves the World, it, it's, it's very it's very educational. It's it, very funny. It's very enjoyable. And it's also,
0: it's, what I like about it, I described this to someone the other day, that, so it, it's a lot like the TV show when we watch when we're kids, but his audience is still us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the kids show. It, there's still the stupid segments, but it's not like that stupid. Like he, he tailors it towards people our age. Because he knows that's his audience, mm-hmm. but he also it's not too mature where it's like the kids wouldn't enjoy it.
1: It's everyone can enjoy it yeah. because it's not it's not it's not so scientifically difficult that people wouldn't mm-hmm. get it, and it's not so dumbed down mm-hmm. that you think it's for kids.
0: Right? It's for, like the,
1: it's it really is for everybody.
0: The original show was pretty dumbed down. Yeah, it was and there's a lot for, of really stupid things. Yeah. but this one is is like again he knows the audience is you know twenty two to twenty to thirty year olds that watch it when when they were kids, but. Anyone can watch it now, mm-hmm. so that that's like I guess like the first episode being about marijuana. That's not something that a, a kid should particularly nah. watch, but he doesn't like swear in it, and he throws in celebrities and and little fun segments. But it 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 actually like if you watched it without having any sort of substance involved, um, it's really entertaining. Yeah. It really is. It's
1: good on all fronts. Um, they're they're always bringing in special guests. Donald um, Smith. Kevin Smith was on. Zach Braff. It, not only celebrities, but also scientists, mm-hmm. which I always like when they highlight scientists. <laughs>
0: so, uh, on on a hilarious level, my favorite thing on the show, he does a panel every single episode. There's a panel of of Usually scientists. So, yes, yeah, three people. Scientists, sometimes there's celebrities, sometimes there's like heads of boards and stuff. My favorite thing, and there's not so much this, this part, but the first season <laughs> is when they bring on these three people. <laughs> and one of them gets completely ignored
1: (laughs) they do it a couple times
0: they did it once in the second season yeah it's like one person is talking the entire time and another one kind of chimes in the third person though is silent (laughs) and that and i just love watching that person because they're just like they do like one of those and then they can't though Mm -hmm. oh never mind like
1: yeah the panel the panels are always always interesting (laughs) They never, My never fair, a dull moment. This
0: season was Raj. Raj, he couldn't.
1: Ah, uh, Raj Descopta. Yeah. Raj Descopta could not get a word in edgewise. Yeah. There's just so, there's just so much fun on Bill Nye. There's always something. It's, it's quick paced. You're mm-hmm. never bored. Yeah. They're only 30 minute shows. Yeah. And right now there's only six episodes for season. Yeah, two.
0: Yeah. Part two will be coming out later.
1: I would recommend this to everyone. Mm-hmm. All, all of there's everyone. So many good. With one exception, and it's a small one, and I don't think these people are listening to our podcast. Yeah. If you're a super conservative person yeah, yeah, yeah. and you really hate liberal snowflakes, mm-hmm. I don't think you're gonna like this. Yep. Bill Nye is very progressive, very liberal. He's he argues on behalf of well, no he, climate
0: change.
1: Climate change is a big a big thing for him. He's really passionate about climate change. Uh,
0: evolution was in there.
1: He talks about evolution. He he's 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 not pro. Everyone should smoke pot. Yeah. but he is he he wants it to be. D-
0: he wants it to be studied.
1: Yeah, he wants it to be studied. Mm-hmm. So the, it's, the fact that it's a class one substance yeah, it should is, not be. is not cool. He thinks mm-hmm. it shouldn't. So there are some topics in there that you're going to disagree with if you're a super conservative person. But that's not to say that you want to necessarily enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. So that's more of like a, a warning mm-hmm. than anything. Um, but in general, every, I think everyone's going to like this. There's
0: time travel involved in this yeah, one. They like, did an
1: episode on time yeah. travel and how feasible it was or yeah. wasn't. It's, su- it's, it's so cool. It's cool. All the topics are cool. They never do like... We're going to spend 30 minutes talking about algae. Yeah. There's never anything like yeah. that. It's always fun. It's always upbeat. It's cool. And Bill Nye, just as a personality, is so fun. He's yeah. just a cool guy to listen to.
0: So, no, definitely check it out.
1: So that was it. impromptu TV mix-em-up.
0: Yeah, it's not really a corner, but it's, it's like... It's not a, a
1: corner. It's like the wall.
0: Yeah, TV wall.
1: Yeah, it's TV. We'll, we'll work on a name for <laughs> Is that the first time we've both reviewed a show?
0: A show, yeah. Weird. That's the only show we watch together.
1: <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I guess we watch was...
0: movies together, but not TV shows. Yeah, that's a lot a lot of time.
1: That is, that is a lot of time.
0: But because we got fucking hammered.
1: Yeah, we. <laughs> that was a good day. That was a good day. That was fun. And plus, if you get if you get blackout drunk while you watch it, you can go back and watch it again. <laughs> so it's all good. All good things with Bill Nye Saves the World.
0: Okay. Well, that'll do it. That's about it. Yeah, that'll do it for episode twenty five. As always, you can review us on. <laughs> I can't do that. Do you want me
1: to do all the administration <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff? <laughs> Uh, nothing has changed by the new year. You can still, Bye. You can st- <laughs> God damn it! You can still find us on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael at Seth O Ott and at Soko Show Pod.
0: Um, also, kind of a fun thing that that we did today with with Jared. <laughs> so he he had a tweet about uh, gym picks, uh, like G Y M, like the gym where you go work out at. And we kind of had a little fun game where uh, after after he he tweeted that I I responded with a, a a picture of Jim Carrey and it was hashtag Jim picks like J I M so that if if you have any fun submissions there you can find that on on the uh, the Soco show page uh, so the, with the uh, tweets and replies section you'll see some of those uh, check those out and also add add your own add some fun Jim picks we had we had some good ones like Jim Carrey uh, Jim Jim Belushi Jim. Neutron, like Jimmy Neutron,
1: <laughs> Jimmy Johns, <laughs>
0: Jimmy Johns. That was a good one by Jared. Uh, it's
1: it's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, you're you're gonna find all those tweets on our Twitter page. Again, that's that's at Soco Show Pod. Send us your gym picks. Make sure you include at Jared Buckendahl as well.
0: Um. Also, I wanna wanna really quick um, shout out. There's a couple of a, a cool tweets that happen. Well, for one, we are nearing 1,000 followers on Twitter. We are currently at 989 so 11 away uh pre- we definitely appreciate all the support on twitter that, that's quite a quite a bit and i never suspected we could get to that many yeah that's on twitter. that's
1: a lot of number um, we, we now do. if
0: only we could have 989 listeners
1: <laughs> yeah that'd be cool if you are listening and you follow us on twitter um tweet us out make sure you're sharing us around get uh, grow grow the crowd a little bit and we want to do something a little special for whoever happens to become our 1000th follower so um, if you're, if you're a listener and not a follower, make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're going to flag whoever our 1,000th follower is, and we'll do something special for you on the show. So you're going to have to follow us on Twitter and listen to the SoCo show to figure out what that special thing is, but we'll do something cool for our 1,000th follower, and that hopefully that comes up very soon.
0: And then one other thing, too, a Twitter account called Podgenie, who they tweet out different podcasts to just help kind of gain exposure and... and uh, give a shout out to—they gave us a shout out today, actually uh, on on what is today, the second of January, Tuesday. Uh, we were the podcast of the day for for Pod genie so appreciate the shout out there. Anyone who does podcasts, that you can retweet that retweet, and you get a chance to be featured the next day. So definitely check them out.
1: Very cool. They're at Pod genie Yep. All right. At,
0: actually, at podcast underscore genie.
1: At podcast <laughs> underscore genie. Make sure you're checking them out while you're following us. Of course, you can always go at Podknife. More good podcasting things. Go to their website, and leave us a nice review or a or a mean review, either one. Hopefully, it's nice, but we'll see. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you get podcasts. Could be SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever. Uh, I know we've made our way onto other apps. So wherever it is you have us, make sure that you're subscribing. Get into the comments. Be a part of the conversation. Let us know what you want us to talk about. It's a new year. We need some new topics. So let us know what you want us to do. Of course, you can always send us your comments, questions, anything like that on our Gmail account. That is SoCoShow91 at gmail.com. We're always on the lookout for emails to that account as well but that's going to be it for this week this has been episode 25 happy new year everybody and welcome back to the soco show we will uh we'll be back next week with more goodness for episode 26 we'll see you then bye